Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine. This is episode number 66. And as my pod partner, John Maloney, mentioned last week, we're brought to you this week by the True Biscuit Crunch of Twix. That's right. Episode 66, True Biscuit Crunch of Twix. I'm here, as always, with my number one Twix chomper. What's your name? Twixie. <laughs> We've got Twixie. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for this week only, the Mars Corporation has paid for John to change his name by deed poll to Twix to Twixie. <laughs> Twixie the Twix boy. And you can't see this, uh, obviously, guys, because it's not a video podcast. But John is dressed as a double pack of Twix. He's got his little face poking out. Of the front of the shiny Twix wrapper. <laughs> and we want to say, yes, Don't Praise a Machine is proud to have partnered with Mars Corporation this week. <laughs> and we're going to be bringing you all the messaging that you need to help you align your identity yeah. with the highly refined confections <laughs> just exploding with delicious fat, sugar, and salt from the Mars Corporation. <laughs> and the, the Mars Corporation want you to know mm. that their food scientists have been hard at work, slaving away in the lab, putting thousands of children into focus groups and getting them to rate the thousands upon thousands of iterations, mm. their delicious products, each with a slight variation in formula until eventually... With the help of those children saying this one's a little bit better than that one, <laughs> they boil it down and they can create the ultimate products for you that hit that bliss point right on the bullseye. <laughs> cause, <laughs> cause your primal brain to go into overdrive because it thinks that it's 200,000 years ago. Yeah. All those high energy flavors that your mouth is sensing and <laughs> shooting into your brain, your brain thinks that. All of those resources are very scarce and you might not get this opportunity to get them ever again when you put that Snickers on your tongue. Are these sp speaking notes that Mars has given you? They're very clinical. <laughs> <laughs> this is just off the cuff because I love to partner with Mars Corporation. When that sweet bounty bar starts melting into your tongue, your primal brain says... <laughs> I don't think there's much of this around, so yeah. shove as much in your head as you can I've, right now. I've found the ultimate fruit. <laughs> i found the ultimate <laughs> fruit. It's like a coconut, but with a much softer, chocolatey shell. Yeah. And we want to say thank you, Mars Corporation, for this collaboration and, <laughs> and partnership between you. And we want to thank the food scientists. Mm. And we'll say, John, apart from Twix, what's it's your favourite Favorite Mars Corporation product. I can Ooh, throw a few. Yeah, give us at a, you. Give us a few options. So I'll tell you what my favorite is. My favorite's Bounty. Always. Oh, that that's a good you choice. Mentioned. You don't see too many bounties around. Uh, I'm a bounty freak. You're a bounty hunter. Uh, I'm a bounty hunter. <laughs> <laughs> Surprised they haven't used that in their ads. Maybe they have. I love a crunchy. Is that? I assume that's probably owned by Mars. That's, Ca that's Cadbury. Is it? Oh, yeah. shit. I'll give you some other options. Yeah. Milky Way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not bad. I haven't had a Milky Mal Way in a while. Maltesers. Yeah, that's definitely that. I, I love nothing more than going to the movies by myself and I get a little packet of Maltesers and 
like a packet that's probably as big as your palm is gonna that's gonna <laughs> cost you about 500 calories but holy shit it's good uh so i'll have a glass of shiraz and a packet of maltesers and i'll enjoy the movie because i'm so hopped up on sugar and fat that i don't even care what i'm watching yeah we want to th- say thanks mars corporation for maltesers i love uh I'd forgotten that M&M's are a Mars Corporation oh, product, yeah. yep. but I kind of want to do an entire episode <laughs> on M&M's because, <laughs> because I find, I, I think M&M's mm. and the branding around M&M's, it's maybe the best example of branding that I can think, I, that I can think of. Mm. Like taking, and I noticed that when I, um, You'll remember, John, that when maybe when you lived in London and you might have walked through Leicester Square, mm-hmm. they have the same thing in Times Square. I think it's in Times Square or near Times Square in New York. Mm-hmm. The M&M's shop. And I remember oh, coming from yeah. Adelaide and going to Leicester Square and there, and there being an M&M shop. And I was like, oh, this might be fun. It's I guess they'll just kind of sell a few M&M's. That's kind of fun. And maybe they'll have the silly little M&M's characters. And then I went in and I was like, this is like a thousand floors of M&M's <laughs> yeah. merchandise. Yeah. And I was going, isn't this like literally just chocolate with a candy coating? Sometimes you get peanuts. Mm. How is there a thousand floors of merchandise? It's mm. a good question. Around what is going on? And I said, where's the Snickers world? Yeah. That's what I want. And they had all the different like novelty varieties. I think they had like, Swordfish ceviche M and M's and at London jellied eel M and M's, yum. Now speaking of the M and M's world mm. in Times Square, mm. you're coming to us live from thanks to Mars Corporation. John Maloney's coming to us live from M and M's world in Times Square. <laughs> yeah, that's really. That's the whole, yeah, this hasn't been as organic as you (laughs) listeners might have thought. Uh, A part of our partnership with Mars, they've flown me out to New York. It's got to be the greatest (laughs) city in the world, as they used to say on the David Letterman show. And I'm here in Times Square. I can't Google with with one hand because I'm- Dressed as a Twix. Yeah, I'm dressed here in Times Square, (laughs) dressed as a Twix. Uh, seated next to the CEO of the Mars Corporation, <laughs> whose name I haven't, I've forgotten actually, he's, because I can't Google with one hand. He's in a suit and you're going to have a really softball interview with him dressed as a Twix. <laughs> so Brian, what kind of innovations are happening at Mars recently? John, I'm so glad you asked. Yeah. I love those things where you get like, I can't remember what I'd saw, what, who it was, but it was a, it was exactly that. It was a softball interview with like... The head of like hung, of Burger King or something, and it was just some kind of ultra rich guy who probably never, you know, is like a kind of drug kingpin. He knows not to touch the product because he knows how harmful it is. So he yeah. <laughs> he just has his personal chef cook him like low carb meals, but he has to sit there and pretend that he loves like whatever kind of mo- monstrosity they've created. Yeah, I think it was Domino's, and he's like. Yeah, I love I love just sitting around in my fucking gated compound and having a stuffed crust. Like, yeah, sure you do, mate. <laughs> um, what's what's the, what's the what are the questions in Parliament called when it's a setup by your own yeah, party? It's Dorothy called, it's like Dixer. A woman's, Dorothy Dixer. Yeah, yeah. 
he's just you're gonna go. And uh, here's a brand new flavor of Mars bar coming out this year. And he's going to go, I want to thank the Right Honourable Twix for his question. <laughs> the Right Honourable Lord, Lord Twix. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, as you will, uh, one of the earliest, it's kind of a, it's kind of a forerunner to the podcast covers the episode covers that, that we do now yeah where we went to a place called magic mountain in adelaide that was That's a right. theme park in adelaide and it was closing down and they were doing it kind of auctioning off all of the stuff which was kind of which was which attracted a lot of interest because people uh it was much beloved in adelaide and had been there for a number of years and people wanted a little slice of memorabilia be that a, you know, air hockey table or a, sec- a segment of the water slide. Or, yeah, a or, bumper boat, a Daytona machine, yeah. a horse and carousel. Yeah. And I think we were in the uh, recently defunct bumper cars area and, it, yeah. and and you made me pose sitting in a bumper car and then... and then, Doing a thumbs up. Yeah, that's right. And looking at the camera. <laughs> So you sat in a bumper car doing a thumbs up looking at the camera. Yeah, and we were we were probably in our early 20s then, I guess. And then uh and then you photoshopped it, which was no mean feat in those days. Uh, it's not yeah. not as not as uh, easy as it is now. You photoshopped it so that there was a Twix bar in the foreground and <laughs> and there was a kind of caption in in speech marks of me saying the true biscuit crunch. <laughs> <laughs> it was particularly hilarious because the photograph just uh, bore no relationship to <laughs> Twix at all. No. It was just you in a bumper car, and in all you had to do was, p- was put a p- yeah, t- put a picture of a Twix, <laughs> and then a, and then a quote as if you were somebody whose opinion was important. It just said. It just said in quotes, the true biscuit crunch, and then the <laughs> quote was from John Maloney. Yeah, we might have to put that on the Instagram. Just uh, <laughs> people can re- relive those early days of John and our memory. But you are look all look all fun and games aside. Yeah, that first bit, guys. Just some people maybe take the cast literally. <laughs> Parts of that were real. Mm. And part and the one part I do that love Maltesers. Real, that's that's no word of a lie. John loves. <laughs> and, he, and he is dressed as a twist, but he, yeah. But he, but he, he's just chosen to do that. No, you are really in New York. Yeah, I, I am. Um, and I was thinking we're at episode sixty-six, which reminds me of Route sixty-six, that very that oh, most yeah. most American of highways, and that's fitting because here I am. I've come to New York for my brother Tom's. Wedding shout out! Wow, wow, wow! And it's very exciting to be here. And I've just about gotten over the worst of the jet lag. I think this is this is the second, this is the third day of being here. Uh, so wow, um, it's great. Where I'm coming to you live from a little hotel room in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, and looking over, I can see, oh. I can see a uh, Mexican restaurant. Shout out to Tacombi show sponsors and uh, <laughs> and uh, the NYPD driving past in a, in a yeah they are literally driving past as I'm talking 
Um, you, uh, you, st- you with a microphone looking out the window, mm. you look just like Samuel L. Jackson at the beginning of Do the Right Thing when he's the radio <laughs> DJ in the <laughs> suburb and he's sending all the beats out yeah. to the people of, I think, they, I think it's Bed-Stuy that's set in. Oh, right. I think. Which is near where you will be. When you yeah, do you want to do you want to tell people that I'm gonna come? Yeah, Al, uh, your beloved co-host of Don't Praise the Machine is also a friend of Tom, my brother, and uh, and so we're all going to the wedding, and wow. you'll be coming in tomorrow. I think is that right? Correct. Uh, yeah, landing tomorrow, and I'm getting in to I'm getting in quite. So tomorrow's the fourth of July. That's right, yeah. Which yeah. I didn't realise. I'm getting quite late into Newark and then I have to navigate my way uh, to the place that I'm staying mm. in Brooklyn mm-hmm. and I'm just going to get so mugged and mm. I can't. It's going to be such a New York experience. Yeah, you get, that- get mugged by somebody dressed as Abe Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Uh, you were saying... I think you were saying that so long as I stay near a sewer manhole, then the Ninja Turtles yeah, should yeah. protect me yeah. from any kind of... Any Foot Clan interference. Foot Clan will... <laughs> I'll go up to put my key in the door and you'll just hear, do, 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 do. And a foot, I'll turn around. I'll just be a bunch of people dressed as Foot Clan. They'll say, we have been waiting for you, Miss O'Neill. And I'll go, oh, it's, it's Alex. <laughs> Actually... <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah, you'll be because you will have bought some cigarettes duty free at the airport, and of course, the Foot Clan love nothing more than regular and menthol. Um, yeah, it's good. It's we. I don't know how you'll. I mean, you have a shorter distance to go than I did, of course, coming all the way from Melbourne. Uh, but hopefully, yours is incident free. We got rerouted through. Our flight, one of our flights got cancelled and we got rerouted through New Orleans, which meant that we had about 36 hours of travel, which was a bit rough. Yeah. Uh, That's known uh, in the industry as the jazz, the jazzy reroute. The jazzy reroute. <laughs> yeah. Um, which was good. I got to try, I got to try a bit of gumbo at the airport <laughs> and some grits, some pork and grits. Uh, I was basically determined to have whatever pale semblance of a cultural experience I could. <laughs> uh, yeah. And we got to, uh, we flew over Death Valley, which was quite a, kind of cool on the way from California to New Orleans. So it was fine. And what have you done so far that's been real American or real, real American? Well, sipping big old cups of soda, eating, eating s- slices of pizza, yeah, hanging out with Rudy Giuliani. We've done that. We've done, uh, we've, we've been hanging out with Rudy, uh, eating, <laughs> eating fat-free frozen yogurt. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, yes, actually yesterday, uh, there's a line in, there's a scene in Seinfeld where they talk about how people, people who are ordering I think it was like how, you know, Jewish people sitting in a cafe, if they wanted salsa, they would find it very difficult to order salsa and not get seltzer because everyone would assume they wanted seltzer, which is what people call sparkling water. And then that that exact thing happened yesterday. Somebody, my brother said, can you please bring the seltzer out? And somebody just brought him a bowl of salsa. And I was like, man, it's Seinfeld. And then uh, (laughs) then, the first night we... 
this was quite an American experience. The first night, Jacinta and I were here. We were very tired, but you do you do that thing where you, when you jet lagged, where you try and stay up as late as possible so that you don't wake up at two o'clock in the morning. And uh, and so we thought we'll get ourselves a sugary treat. So we went to this bar and they had glazed donuts on the menu at a bar. Yeah, it was kind of a roof so, a, rooftop bar at the that's um, hotel. Right there. It is, yeah. So we ordered one to share, and then it came with. Uh, it was sort of cut uh, latitudinally along the <laughs> along the donut, and and it was filled with cheese, and it had like Napolitana dipping sauce. I was like, "What the fuck are you people doing? Like, you didn't even you just advertise this as a glazed donut? Is that how? <laughs> is that what people expect with donuts? Uh, just cheese and and tomato sauce because." <laughs> <laughs> Monstro- it's a monstrosity. Um, but I did eat it. So uh, thank you very much to Clinton Hall in Williamsburg for the bizarre donut. Um, wow. And I'm about to go with my uh, with my brother and his kids uh, to to uh, shout out to Tom and the lovely Vanessa, his fiance, uh, to the natural. History Museum with the famous dioramas. Like, I love a diorama, so I'm quite oh. excited. Quite excited. Is that like about a that. kind of night at the museum kind of vibe? Very much so. Yeah, there's like there are scenes uh, with kind of bison set against mountains, and and um, you know, there's I think there's even some scenes from American history with kind of you know with proper sort of wax uh, mannequins. Uh, so that'll be fun. And then, yeah, then I'll probably just go to Katz's Deli and have a pastrami sandwich and a fake orgasm, a la when Harry uh, met Sally. I'll have what she's having. Exactly. Yeah, can't wait. I've been thinking during the week about uh, what you may have seen, what our listeners may have seen in many memes online, which is the Dell E Mini. Oh uh, yeah, sure. Text to image software. Um, I don't know if anyone's tried this because you can actually log on to the Dell E Mini uh, site, and the way that it works um, is well. I'll give you a bit of background. It's yeah a, it's, for the la- for the layman. Yeah. It's it's a it's described, and I can't claim to entirely understand this. It's described as a multimodal implement, implementation of GPT three. Uh, I think we all are on the same page about that. <laughs> um, and it was it was designed by a guy called Boris Damer, who's an artificial intelligence artist, and inspired by a predecessor called Dali two, which is an open AI program. And what it does is it. <clears throat> generates art and images from text input. So you go into the Dali Mini website, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, the website, and you just enter a phrase, you know, you might say something like uh, Gary Busey coming out of shower, and then it, <laughs> and then it, uh, <clears throat> then it generates a sort of grid of nine different images. It gives you a variety of options. And I think what it's doing is basically cross-referencing the words with 
you know, a huge kind of internet and other sort of reference database that it's been trained on and then devising original images. Um, and so people are doing this in, people are using it quite creatively. Like, I, I, you know, there's a lot of memes and some of them I think are apocryphal uh, as in people are just kind of creating the images themselves, but others are not. And then, you know, they'll do things like, I don't know, Danny DeVito as Sandwich, or they'll be like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of like Stranger Things references where people put the characters from Stranger Things just in very incongruous situations. One of the good ones I saw was the famous internet meme of the gorilla who uh, was famously killed Harambe, mm. uh, and it was just, the, the, the text prompt was just, Harambe doing a kickflip through a fisheye lens, and it was particularly good. That's great. <laughs> because, of course, some of them come out well. Yeah. Most of the ones that I've tried have not worked. Yeah. But some of them work quite well. Well, I've, I've done a little bit of a test run of the software using various phrases that we've used on the show. Okay. Uh, and also using the name of the show. Um, to see what kind of images come out. Actually, maybe I can share some of those with you and we might subsequently share them with, with the, our listeners. Um, just give me a second here. Okay, I've sent you a series of images which are on, okay, on WhatsApp. Okay, uh, so I start with the first one? Yeah. I'll go through them all. Okay, so the first one, the prompt was just you typed in moon mask. Mm-hmm. Which was, a, and, of course, the title of a former episode. Yeah, and this one looks pretty good, actually. It it's does. It's actually done. It's just given a whole series of a couple of crescent moons. Mm. And I guess the eye holes and mouth hole from what might be a traditional mask. Mm. They look quite that's, good. Yeah, that's pretty good, actually. I'm going to go to the next one now. Yeah. We got Don't Praise the Machine. Yeah. And the first thing that comes to mind when I look at some of these is the Fritz Lang film Metropolis. Mm. Yeah. It's got a bit of that Metropolis vibe. It there's does. A, there's a few robotic looking. There's quite a few robots. Yeah. Uh, and then the and t- top left image. Top left image is my favorite because it looks like some sort of, some kind of highly evolved cyborg type thing, which is being, which is surrounded by people who look like they're yeah. worshipping it. Yeah. You can see here it's pulled some kind of, some sense of what, the word praise mm. should refer to, mm. and then something robotic. And the thing is, the the machine-looking thing is it's risen on some kind of platform. Yeah. Like, um, like a dais. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Like a pedestal. Mm. So there's that one. That's worked quite well. And then the next one we have, you've got hologram manslaughter, mm. which I like. It's kind of difficult to to picture if if anything, if anyone here is has committed manslaughter, but it has created a kind of spooky image of a what looks like a hologram person mm. w- wandering around. Doing sort of weird things. But uh, Yeah. And then finally, Jar Jar Juji, which I think because it has the name Jar, the word Jar in it, they've taken that as a, as a cue that this is kind of reggae related. So they just look like <laughs> a series of reggae artists with, again, sort of <laughs> smudgy, demonic faces. <laughs> but... um. <laughs> But it's quite fun to play with. The other, th- I also did the art of almost touching. I forgot to do a screenshot of that, but that was like a, a series of kind of folded hands that were kind of, that was sort of touching each other in very awkward ways. Uh, and also, is of course, the name of a former episode. But 
it made me think about uh, text-to-image software and AI more generally and like where all that is headed because presumably it'll just continue to get better and it's interesting to think about graphical renderings and, and worlds that haven't directly involved uh, humans. Obviously, they've involved the, in, this, in the kind of establishment of the software, but then once it's up and running, you can, you know, without the further intervention of anyone who's designing anything, get this, uh, th- get these images. And I don't know, there's lots of like, think about something like virtual reality or a kind of platform like Second Life, but rather than relying on the designs of, you know, graphics people, you just can feed a bunch of information into it about the kind of world that you want to inhabit. And then it kind of suddenly, it, then it just spontaneously gives you that, uh, that world. Or if you're, particularly if you're thinking about the more uh, deviant applications, obviously people can feed into it their ideal you know, virtual partner and it can presume, yeah. presumably give you exactly what you're after. Uh, the, the possibilities are unsettlingly broad and yeah. Yeah. I think the thing, I think the, the version that I think the version, I think if I'm correct. The version that, that uh, DAO E mini, the app that you're using, mm-hmm. I believe that's running on the original DAO E mm-hmm. the DAO E two is about is in beta and is about to be ah, released publicly. Okay, and that DAO E two is apparently like significantly better hmm. than DAO E one. Hmm. So that I think by the end of this year you'll be able to. Yeah, it's funny actually. You, you we can you can try the same prompts with mm. DAO E two mm. and see what you get. I've seen a couple of um, DAO E two. Test images. I've actually mm-hmm. applied to be part of the beta for DAL E2, but I haven't got my invite yet. Hmm. Um, but I've seen a few of the DAL E2 ones and uh, it's pretty mental. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, you know, even like, you know, if you say to somebody, I'm trying to, I don't know, give you an idea of like a, a space that I want to establish, a cafe or a home. Yeah. You can just kind of punch in a a feel like a, give it a narrative description and it will give you a bunch of uh, test images that'll, that'll probably work a lot better than uh, trying to do the same thing with a human. Yeah. Well, imagine if you were building a new home, for example, mm. and instead of getting any type of architect, you could just sit at your computer and go, okay, this is the type of house I want. No, I want that over there. No, put this up here mm. and I want there to be a staircase there. I oh, know that doesn't look right. Can it go here? Mm. Oh, okay. And, and what kind of furniture would you suggest? Mm. And, mm. and th- it would just build you the house and then you could have somebody build it. Yeah. In a matter of seconds. Yeah. And it would, it would all be to scale and all be to code. Yeah. It would say, Oh no, you can't do that. Cause you need a load bearing this here and you could use this material and, that material, and it would tell you how much it was going to cost, roughly as well. Yeah, you can imagine that it would even in, in the future be linked to material suppliers, mm. so they'll be able to say, like, "Yeah, it's going to cost you this much because this is how much this material is." Mm. And then you be could like, say, Sick. "Then you could just strap into your VR and say, can I be running through like a Norwegian fjord?' And I want there to be heaps of horses around except the horses all have the head of Renee Zellweger for reasons that are none of your business. And then, (laughs) and then, you know, it just gives you that. 
And I want, Rese- I want Renee Zellweger now, post-ploofing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I want, that, I, I want that kind of Renee Zellweger from those photographs where it looks eerily not like Renee Zellweger. <laughs> and everybody like, was very concerned and said, like who is that? The CIA has done something to Renee Zellweger and put, <laughs> put this What have you done there. to her eyelids? <laughs> she doesn't look like that cutesy one from Empire Records anymore. That's, no. not, Bridget jo- that's not my Bridget Jones. That's not. She used to have that that sweet scrunchy face that we all loved. Yeah. Now it's all smoothed. So, because you're in the US, John, I'm going to be there real soon too. I thought I could mention a man that I sent to you this week because <laughs> he's a man that popped up on my social media and I became deeply interested. Yeah. I can't remember what I wa- where I was. I think I was on Facebook and I got served to this video and the video was so bizarre because it was a shirtless Justin Bieber mm-hmm. sitting on a couch and it looked like he was in the green room um, from some kind of concert performance that he was uh, in the middle of or about to perform at. Mm-hmm. You could kind of hear the crowd outside and it looked like there was some kind of person was just getting social media video either for him or for somebody else. And there was a small Asian man uh, who appeared to be putting some sort of mouth guard <laughs> into Justin Bieber's mouth. Mm-hmm. And giving him instructions to bite down. And then when the camera pulled back, <laughs> this older looking Vietnamese man was sort of covered in jewels and started posturing like a hip hop artist and saying all these hip hop things in quite a thick Vietnamese accent. Yeah. And saying things like, uh, you know, like jewel gang. And <laughs> and then he kept saying, this is, this is how we do it, jewel gang and diamond boy. Sounds I'm diamond like, boy. Sounds like you're describing a dream. And I thought, what the fuck is this? And what it is, is that man is a man called Johnny Dang, who is known as the King of Bling. Yeah. And Johnny Johnny Dang is a Vietnamese uh, jeweler based in Houston, Texas, who immigrated to the... uh, to the US in the mid 90s mm-hmm. and he quickly rose through kind of an, an, an interesting like confluence of events and luck and mm. choice of career path he came from uh, he traveled to the US I, I found this out he, he's basically now a jeweler to hip hop he started off just being a jeweler to hip hop heads in Atlanta yeah uh, oh sorry in Houston and um Making grills, that's his specialty. For anybody who doesn't know, a grill in hip-hop culture uh, is like gold or bejeweled dental jewellery worn over the teeth, typically, which yeah. I think most people know what those are now. So he got really popular for doing those. But he he moved from a Vietnamese... He grew up in a Vietnamese village that apparently... I've heard him t- tell stories about this. Apparently, he didn't have enough, even have electricity wow. in the village. So if you're talking about the American dream and the rags to rich story, this is mm. rags to riches. He's now like a multi-millionaire. Mm. This Johnny Dang, and he, so, and he, yeah, go on. and he got 
<clears throat> discovered quite fortuitously, right? Like you just had a little jewelry store in Correct. a strip mall or something in Houston. Yeah. So he he became he started doing jewelry work in Houston because his grandfather <clears throat> did jewelry repairs in Vietnam, I think. So he knew a bit about the trade and when he got to when he got to the US, he needed a trade and so he started doing jewelry repair in a in a jewelry store. I'm yeah. just going to check this super quickly, John. Sure. Johnny thing. So he moved to Houston and then in the mall he met all these rappers. Mm. And the rapper said, you're good with jewellery. And then he was able to kind of see this niche in the market. And he started make, like making custom-made jewellery and grills for the hip hoppers. Wow. And then he just built a career uh, doing it. So pre- presumably at some point, somebody who was a bit more influential either then or later became like a fan of, of Johnny Dang. Yeah. And then, in and fact, then started a- recommending them to all their celebrity mates. Correct. It is, in fact, one particular guy, rapper Paul Wall. Okay. Dang was working, according to Wikipedia, Dang was working at a local flea market when he met rapper Paul Wall. Hmm. Wall was impressed by Dang's technique of making grills, and the two went into business together in 2002. So Hmm. Paul Wall had the connect, and now Johnny Dang is like mates with Snoop. Wow. He, I've got here that he's been referenced in musical recordings by Migos, Gucci Mane, Little Pump, the baby, King Vaughn, rest in peace, Two Chains, Chief Keef, Trippy Red, Juice World. So they're all talking about that Diamond Boy. Yeah. But the thing about it is, yes, it is the American dream, but it almost seems like, that as a terms of an American dream, it just seems to not really have the greatest utility <laughs> for the rest of society. Yeah. Because I, look, he's from a, village in Vietnam mm. where it had no electricity. So I can't hold anything against my boy, Johnny Dang Diamond Boy. <laughs> and sure, he employs a few people in his business. Yeah. But I don't know. Just if the American dream is a person with no money yeah. moving to America and then convincing a whole bunch of other people from abject poverty who've come into money to spend it all yeah. on shiny rocks that they can put, put in their, in their mouths. mouths. Yeah, and around their necks. Yeah, and then, and then pose in social media videos. What would Adam Smith say about that? (laughs) (laughs) And it's so weird these social media media videos because Johnny Dang really is. He's still just like a Vietnamese guy. Yeah, and like he's he he doesn't like he doesn't come from that hip hop culture. Mm. Yet he sort of in these social media videos he kind of has to pretend like he's part of the. Of, of the entourage. Yeah, he's yeah, tiny, yeah. He's tiny and he's like, I don't know, he's probably 50 and he's just covered, he's covered in like these huge amounts of gold and chains. Yeah. And he himself has a, has, gr- have grills in. So wow. he's just like smiling with diamonds in his mouth, awkwardly going, diamond boy. And yeah, we iced out, we represent <laughs> while like a kind of, Drunk the baby at backstage at the concert has his arm around him, pointing at him, going, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, this is Diamond Boy or Post Malone." <laughs> yeah, going, "Yeah, Johnny Dang," and Johnny Dang is sort of glassy-eyed, going, "Post Malone, my number one brother. I iced him out. We got him new grill." <laughs> and I go, "This is so weird. Something's gone. Something's gone awry." Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because he obviously does feel obliged to do a bit of that sort of flexing and and whatever, because that's just what's expected of him. Yeah. But, uh, 
Yeah, look, the traditional story might be, you know, somebody came to America and they thought, um, I'm going to invent something that is a genuine gap in people's <laughs> lives that can be usefully filled by this invention. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a that's how the free market's meant to operate. It's not really meant to operate by uh, people who've just got a strange, uh, a strange kind of cultural norm around conspicuous wealth, filling their mouths with jewels and then, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, good luck to them. I, yeah, I want to say. I think while we're here, where is he based in, is he still based in Texas? He's based in in Houston. Uh, Yeah, that's too bad. But nonetheless, there must be some good grill. What do you call them? Uh, Grillmen. There must be some good (laughs) grill. Some good grill smiths in New York that we could go to. There definitely would be some good grill smiths and in we New could York, get, I think. We could get a DPTM grills made up. If, uh, if we get a couple more, if we manage to hold on to Mars as a corporate sponsor for a few more episodes, <laughs> then we can both get... These gr- these grills often cost... So he was boasting in the videos that I think some of them cost up to $30,000. Mm. So we should both get... So 60K and okay. we can get... We can get DPTM spelt out in <laughs> well, maybe I'll get diamonds. I'll get DP and you get TM, and then when we when we stand next to each other and grin, it'll spell out the name of the show. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be like, and we'll have our arms around Johnny Dang, going, yeah, 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 Diamond Boy, Diamond Boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be very on brand for us. <laughs> so I, re- I I encourage everybody to go on. Look at Johnny. Look at John. Just look up any Johnny Dang video. See him with Johnny. With see him with Justin Bieber. Mm. Uh, and Justin Bieber developed facial paralysis pretty recently. Pretty soon after he had his grill fitted <laughs> by Johnny Dang. <laughs> so, not really sure if there's any correlation there. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that uh, that's not a theory that Johnny Dang wants to explore. <laughs> But yeah, maybe he, maybe he, maybe he, I don't know what the, how invasive the process of being fitted with a grill is, but, um, I guess if you wanted one permanently fused to you, then it could do some, do some significant facial damage. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on this week's episode of Don't Praise the Machine. We'll see you next time for episode 67. We're going to bring you to podcast heaven with the very first in-person episode right here in the Big Apple, New York City. We can't wait to see you next week, guys. Don't Praise the Machine live from New York City. We'll see you next week at the podcast.